0: That's part of the whole family thing, you know, from our, from our culture is that family is first. And so, you know, for our employees and for us, it was so important, you know, and we treat our everybody like a big family. So
1: Absolutely. I mean, like what you see in you know, our relationship as siblings, we also treat all the employees that we hired, even people we didn't know. They find themselves in an environment where they're supported and they, they consistently say, I feel like if I need something, you guys
2: are there. Welcome to Talk West, a podcast from Walk West, a digital marketing agency, which also happens to be the fastest growing agency in North Carolina. Now on the Inc. 5000 list for a second time in a row. Talk West is dedicated to your personal growth and the success of your business. On this podcast, we're going to share conversations with sales and marketing thought leaders, people who inspire you to grow professionally, as well as people who make Walk West a unique agency to work with. On this episode, we're joined by KPOC Digital CEO Eric Burkhardt and Chief Strategy Officer Crystal York, who happen to be siblings. KPOC Digital is an employee-owned mobile app development company here in Raleigh. We'll talk about their success building a company together, their special ability to deliver on-time, even ahead of schedule, for clients like Coca-Cola, Mamava, and ReliMD, as well as their tight-knit company culture. I'm your host, Chris Bunn. I'm the senior UX designer here at Walk West, and I'm really excited to be working with KPOC on this project. Uh, we're going to start with Eric. So Eric, tell us a little bit about KPOC Digital.
1: k Digital is a custom app development company that focuses on engaging mobile experiences. And so what we do is we partner to help our customers' entire app lifecycle, creating, building, and maintaining applications, and one of our real differences is is we're a proven development team. We have lots of references from large companies like Coca-Cola or startups like Mamava who have been on the Today Show. And we build these applications for them, whether they're installable mobile applications or web applications that really help drive their business to their business goals, meet their needs, um, engage their customers, those type of things. And so we're a U.S. development team, primarily in Raleigh. And we have all of those, the developers here, and they're accessible to our clients, and everybody gets to talk to the, each of those people that are on their project.
2: Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, one of the things that I actually really liked about your company was that Crystal and Eric are brother and sister. And I know that can have kind of an interesting dynamic when it comes to making decisions in the, in the company So, Crystal, how has that dynamic worked for you, really, like, starting this company from the ground up?
0: So, there's five of us. There's five partners that started the company. So, we can be overruled. (laughs) So, that's good. I think part of it is that having your brother as part of that is you have – you know how somebody has your back, right? I mean, there's nobody in the world that has your back more than your sibling. So, I think that's probably the part that – empowered me and allowed me to be as successful as we have been is because I've known my brothers behind me, even though if we disagree on things and we, you know, don't, we don't say eye all the time, but we always know we have each other, you know, and I think that's a big part of who we are. And I think we try to do that with our, with our employees and our partners as well. We want to make sure that our team knows we have their back, even in bad situations that we're going to not throw them under the bus, but we're going to be there with them. So,
1: you know, it's difficult for people to understand You know, often how you can work with your sibling. And I think that that is a lot of what happens in the difficulties of that is when there is a hierarchy represented Mm -hmm. where there's one person in charge and then there's bad feelings about things. We have a true partnership. We treat everything across the five partners as, you know, an even vote and let everybody, you know, give everybody. So I've been overruled on things. Crystal's been overruled on things. We together have been overruled on things. It's fine. You know, it's a democracy in in a sense, but it, it actually, you know, my job as CEO is to then bring people together to consensus, regardless of what, whether they agree with me or disagree with me. And we do a good job of that because of the way we interact with one another.
2: You know, one of the things I really liked about your company is that you're very selective, not only about the clients that you bring on, but also about some of the people that you hire and you want to make sure that you have a tight knit family and make sure it's really cohesive. So I was hoping you could talk about the lessons that you have learned in building that network together. It's, it's something really unique in, a, in an area, not necessarily just Raleigh, but in, a, in like an agency world where that's often not the case. Uh, and why was that such a priority for you?
0: I think the thing we learned over the last seven years that we've been doing consulting like this is that, you know, such a big part of figuring out how to be able to deliver something for a client and make a client successful is understanding that you can prove an idea. So it's, everybody comes in with a great idea and it's how can you break that down into a small enough piece to make sure that it's actually going to be successful, meet their goals, meet their customers' needs, and kind of be a strategy for them to move forward. You know, a lot of times companies will come in and they'll be like, I want this. And you're like, that's huge huge. that's a big piece of work Let's break it down and try to find that smaller piece that we can get out in front of even just friends and family or a small group of individuals to make sure it makes sense and people are like hey this this works and we've done that with a lot of our clients where we've tried small things gotten in front of people gotten feedback and then pivoted a lot of times we actually have to pivot and say maybe this isn't quite right maybe we need to make some adjustments and make it better and then you're not spending your whole <laughs> kind of budget on something that's not going to work when you mm-hmm. get out and you get out, get it developed.
2: Yeah, it's something that we do really well at Walk West, you know, that ability to to pivot and you know, having that kind of agility and flexibility with all of your clients, I think that, that separates you yeah. from a lot of like the bigger agencies that may not be able to do that because they're they're just too large, they have they're very set in their so. ways. <laughs> have you found that that's allowed you to compete a little bit better in, you know, with some of your clients?
1: Yeah, I think that in order to get there, it's a an ability to have a small agile team that understands how to work together and actually how to even lead together. Because when we come into our partners that that come to us, some of them need us to lead more than others and in different ways. Some of them know exactly the types of things they'd want and they really need us to support them and those things. And other people need us to help figure out what they need in order to meet their business goals. So we do different things around our strategy sessions and those things. But we also bring in different responsibilities of our team and even pivot within that to kind of meet the needs of the customer. So one of the reasons why we're real selective, to go back to your original question about who comes into our company as employees, is we have to mix both the the fact that they're proven and that they have the right leadership and ability to kind of say, okay, oh, right, I, I know this is what needs done. I'm going to go do this. So we kind of maintain this smaller footprint of our company to be agile, to have the right number of people on a project and the right leadership on every project. None of our clients that have had less than two of our partners involved in in their business. Mm. Generally, it's a... You know every one of our projects is led by our partners, and you know we're an employee owned business, so everyone's kind of got their stake in it and really cares about the the stuff that they do, but at the same point, we kind of bring people in that can find the ways they need to contribute the most successfully and and that's that's a tough mix.
2: Yeah, I mean, company culture, in my opinion, is a huge deal. Um, you know, we take it very seriously here at West. I think it's important to to build up the right people because, like, having the right people in the room is often much more effective than just having the most talented people. Exactly. And it seems like that's the strategy that you guys kind of build around as well.
0: Yeah. One of the reasons we chose you guys to work with you guys was because that was such a great fit with our culture and your culture, you know, is that making sure you, we knew that you guys would make sure you brought the right people to work with us, you know, and as well as we would.
1: Yeah. I mean, finding people that have the ability to listen, you know, and make intelligent responses is one of the big key things for our business and your business, right? And it's that interaction that actually drives how, you know, people feel about you, your intentionality and kind of how the success of the project in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we tell people that we treat each of their projects like it's our own piece of work, we do because we hire people that have that empathy that care about people. And, you know, that's part of our culture is to build that in there instead of our culture to be, Hey, we know everything that, that, that you don't know, and, and we're going to tell you exactly how you need to do things. That just doesn't work. And, and it turns more people off and ends up basically pushing your agenda versus helping them meet their business goals.
2: Yeah. I think we're kind of in a weird place in our society where we don't care as much as we used to about people and those relationships and those interactions. And I think it's very easy for, for some agency, bigger agencies to say like, hey, we're going to tell you how you should do this. We're the experts. We've done this for company X, Y, and Z. But to find someone that's actually willing to to work with you. And honestly, and that was one of the big takeaways from our working session, which that was really important to us, was that it felt like a very collaborative thing. Like, you know, I, I very much care about how this project turns out obviously as much as you do, <laughs> but like to have that kind of relationship that you guys have with your clients as well, I think is crucial to long-term success rather than just getting a product out the door saying, Hey, we did this checking a box and then moving on.
1: Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll talk about, Crystal won't talk about herself too much, but I'll talk about an example with her because it's great. Uh, one of our clients is a company called MamaVa and they have an app for mothers that are that need to nurse. So they're, you know, whether they're nursing their children or or pumping, um, they can find a location to nurse and they have these pods throughout airports and entertainment sports arenas and museums and all sorts of places. You'll see these things. And you can locate a pod, you can go in there, you can you can unlock the door, you can set fan speed light all through the app. It's got a lot of information for nursing moms. It's a lot of engaging information. Every time Crystal or most of our company are in any of those locations, airports, anything, we're checking to make sure those things work. Mm-hmm. And they don't pay us to do that. It's not part of our contract with them, but we care that their business is successful. That's the extra mile. Exactly. Yeah. And Crystal does that, and she travels a good bit, and she is always checking... Um, I actually learned how at to, hospitals everywhere yeah. had to
0: learn how to tear them apart so I could actually <laughs> fix them if I was there. Oh, so. That's pretty cool.
1: So you should cl- climb on I'm top dead. of them and actually <laughs> fix them sometimes.
0: I do. Yeah. I have actually, <laughs> which is bad.
2: That's really cool. I, I can just see somebody like walking by. You at the an airport? and like <laughs> Why is that woman climbing why, on top of that? Why is that strange
0: woman there? <laughs> it, it's it's so actually much back. more strange <laughs> when
1: one of the men in our group yes. would also do uh, that because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got his nursing pod for nursing moms, and you're like, there's a one of our employees is on top of it fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, But as a, as a company, we do that. And it's funny because our friends send us pictures of these pods every time they see them. It's just to become a weird cultural thing where it's like, all right, now we have people, our friends, they know we care about it so much that they're taking pictures of these nursing pods and sending them to us. Which is, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange but neat kind of way our relationship is built with that company.
0: That's a fun part of our business I think when you do build that relationship right and I could see it even and when we were collaborating yesterday and one of the reasons that we were drawn to you when we met you guys the first time was you share a passion right you share a passion for your clients and so one of the first conversations I had I think with Donald and a couple other people and here I could see that they were like excited about our brand excited about helping us we are not marketing people right we are not content people we're not marketing people and it was fun to kind of see how you guys immediately saw, hey, we could jump in and do this piece. And so I think that was, that's another part. And that's kind of how we are with technology. Mm-hmm. If you came up to us and said, hey, I want you to figure this out, we'd be like, oh, yeah, let's, we're going to go try to figure it out, you know. Yeah. And that was what like Mamava did with some of the Bluetooth interactions that we worked with them. You know, we just love that stuff or, or even Coke's example. You know, we love that stuff. We love trying to figure out technology things where you guys like to try to figure out how we're going to engage my, yeah. you know, people with our brand. So it's very similar, I think, in that way, too. Let's
2: pivot real quick to uh, to Coca-Cola who was another client of yours. I understand they hired three agencies to solve their Coke Freestyle application. I'm I'm sure a lot of our audience has seen their machines in various restaurants. What was it that you guys did differently to win the business and provide a solution?
1: Well, I mean, one of the things we delivered. I mean, and so in in the end, that normally is what wins most of it. The two companies that were competing against us were much larger companies and that really didn't matter for us. What we said is we're going to go out here and try to solve the problem in the best way. We were given about eight weeks to create a new version of the Coke Freestyle interface that worked. And so if you're the Coke Freestyle machines are these machines at Moe's and Five Guys and Payway that you get to select your own beverages and add vanilla and orange and cherry and all those things to it. It It's pretty cool machines. They wanted us to create a new one, see if we could do it. We were the only ones that completed in the eight weeks. We actually did it by building three separate prototypes at once to see that they would work. Mm -hmm. And so because there was there were some technical challenges that they needed us to overcome. So we built three of them at once. One of them was the better one. So we, we kept that one and finished it. So we were done after eight weeks and the other two teams still hadn't completed. Wow. So they gave another eight weeks to let them complete. And meanwhile, we just kept adding some more features that were nice to have so that they, they wasn't part of the, the bake off. And after 16 weeks, we were still the only ones that actually had a functional application. And so they, you know, we won the business from them and we and we went and delivered it. And it, this past April, you would have seen the new Coke freestyle machines if you use them in irregularity, regularity, change the interface, changed completely. But it, we started that and we finished it in a time frame that they didn't think was possible. And what's interesting about it is there's a lot of technical challenges in doing stuff. A lot of people are good at getting 80% of the work done. But that last 20%, which takes 80% of the time, is the hurdle that a lot of our competition and stuff really can't get through. So Coke themselves had actually tried for nine months to build this by themselves with a big team of people and couldn't wow. do it. And we did it three different ways with two guys in eight weeks, just because you have people that can finish. And right. that's a tough thing in our business, probably a little different than you know a lot of the Walk West and other stuff. But it's, it's all the integrations and all that hardware, you know, here you have a medical grade pump pumping out the different flavors and and you know all the different pieces to and getting it all working at once right
2: so now a serious question what is your favorite coca cola combo
1: i'm a cherry vanilla coke guy ooh yeah, cherry so, vanilla yeah okay. yeah i like coke zero you know or or coke just depending on whether i want the sugar or not i'm
0: surprised you didn't do orange
1: you know the orange vanilla is a is a good flavor occasionally i okay. could do cherry no, vanilla every day
0: okay gotcha
1: with Coca-Cola, one of the reasons we were successful is that, you know, our engineers have been at SaaS and IBM and Cisco, great local companies, and they have a history normally of 10 years of delivering for those big companies. And it's more than just being on a team because lots of people can be in those companies and have delivered a piece of something. And you have to have people that have delivered the whole solution and understand every part of The, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to get it to completion. It's a tough thing. For us, you know, it's nice because Coke paid us for the eight-week part of that, and then they paid us for the additional eight weeks, despite the fact we didn't have as much to do as the other competitors. But we, we were able to basically solve all the problems and then even improve it further. So by the time their 16 weeks was up, they had a more complete solution, not just a prototype. And meanwhile, the other people couldn't even get the prototype done. And one of the things that happens in these big companies, because most of those, as I said, were big consulting companies, one of the things that happens in those is that they have a bunch of nameless, faceless, inexperienced developers. And what happens is they'll often take like one experienced developer and have saddle them with the baggage of three or four inexperienced developers. And there was a Forbes article years ago that actually talked about the fact that the average developer compared to the top developer, unlike a factory where if you're an average factory worker, you can crank out 100 widgets an hour. If you're an above average, you can go 110 widgets an hour. In software development, it's like if 1x is what the normal guy can do, you're talking about 10 to 100x is what the best guys can do. The best guys can output that much more. But if you take one of those best guys that can output that much more, and we have the guys that can do it 100x, and if you take them and you saddle them with people that they have to carry and pull along, that goes down to 1x. So they slowly lose their momentum because they're helping people along so much. And so the bigger companies end up with these inexperienced people. Even if you had an experienced good developer, they saddle them with so much baggage because it makes sense to build for four people. But as a result, that good experienced developer still can't get anything done at the same rate. He can't get it over the finish line because he's too busy trying to carry everybody. It'd be like putting everybody on a cart and having to pull everybody with you. Versus we, you know, we do these things with small teams. So we had a small team of two people. They had a team of eight people. And our two guys could finish more and more work. Because they're two of the excellent guys.
2: I like how two of your guys did three prototypes in eight weeks, whereas those teams of like eight or 10 people couldn't do one in 16 weeks. Exactly.
1: And, And that's actually a number we see consistently. One of my favorite client examples is we actually came in once where there was 90 people, nine months given to build one app. And we said, we evaluated their app and we said, we can't use anything that they've done. But we can finish it all in six months with a lot less people. And we did.
2: Did and you start over or did you just take what they did? We built? started
1: over. Wow. Yeah. Essentially about three people for, for less than six months and it was it was complete. And what's funny is they continued with the ninety people during that six months as as kind of a let's hope they can get it over the the finish line, you know, and and not Prove that we wasted money. So they wasted even more money trying to do that. <laughs> Meanwhile, we, we finished the whole, you know, the rebuilding of the whole thing on the side. And so two of our guys were on that project. We have a bunch of project examples like that. That's the fact. If you can get those couple good guys and you make them uninhibited so you don't saddle them with, you know, extra dead weight, <laughs> then, then they end up being very successful.
0: And that's really something we see in the competition that we're we're up against is that oftentimes people might come in with a lower price overall um or per, or, hour. or per hour but our some of our now partners are used to be you know our people that are were prospects are paying ended up paying a lot more money because what was committed to it doesn't get delivered. And so in the end, they pay way more and they don't get a delivery or they have to go to somebody else and try to get a delivery. And we, we hear this story from people all the time in our industry and it's it's hard. And so people are looking for development companies. That's one of the things they should definitely ask is, you know, or, you know, talk to the people, Let me show me cases where you've delivered and, and how long it's taken and what the, you know, what you thought it would be as far as work-wise.
1: Yeah. In our business, uh, underpricing is a strategy of sales. And so what they'll do is they'll say, like, we'll price something. We even fixed bid stuff and, and say this is exactly how much it's going to cost. but we'll estimate things if it's if it's hourly. If it's you know there's different times we have to do hourly if there's an integration with the system that's an internal system that we don't know, those things don't scare us those happen all the time. We do those all the time, but it, it's a little more you know fluctuating on what the price would be. So we often will do some of that work hourly instead of a fixed bid. When we do an estimate, we actually have a good estimate of what that will take because we have a lot of experience with that a lot of these people will even look at what the the amount of time that we had and give a similar estimate and say oh yeah we you know 3 months of development at our rates are this and these are developers in india or brazil or china or some other country often maybe with a a person in the us that's fronting them so that that's the person you talk to but as a result whether or not they can actually get that thing Completed or not is always is always questionable, and we see we had a startup that came to us two years ago. We gave them a quote for for their project. It was a cool startup here in North Carolina. Uh, We were excited to work with them. Unfortunately, their investors wanted them to go with the lowest dollar estimate they had. We gave them a fixed bid price. As a result, they paid over twenty percent over our fixed bid price with those people. And didn't get and actually, never could complete anything with this oh. Indian offshore team they had. Well, when two mean, years later, they raised money again and they're back to us and they said, We're only using you. And that way we can actually make sure this is done.
2: Yeah. And having an actual deliverable is ultimately the goal. You know, <laughs> I mean, you guys have talked about it the whole podcast, like the fact that people are just spending this money over and over again, trying to do it as cheaply as possible. Long term, you're just going to end up spending more and more money. Mm-hmm. What you want is someone proven that's going to get the job done. If it costs you know, 10% more, 15%, whatever that number is, it's ultimately worth it knowing that you're going to have an actual end product that not only is, you know, complete, but good and high quality.
1: Yeah. And when we launched KPOC as a group of partners, one of the things we did is we intentionally keep our overhead low to try to not lose on price. And so we actually built our company designed to actually be the cheapest U.S. development based Team that's possible and i don't think that we've ever had a a situation where someone chose someone else and actually had a cheaper price in the end and that's because of how we know we can get stuff done efficiently with less people in part but also just we know what it takes to do these things so we're very accurate that's why we do our fixed bid pricing consistently because we know how much it's going to cost to do it and we're not worried about the risk because we're confident because we've done it
2: right so in that working session that that we did yesterday, there were, what, ten of us, eight, nine of us in that room? Yeah. Did you feel that that was too many people in the process or did you feel like that was enough to really collaborate? Because I, I feel like there was a lot of open discussion throughout the day.
0: I think, Chris, that was a great size of people that were there. I think the the more important part that we found, especially when we do strategy sessions as well, is that get, you're getting the right people in the room. So you had the combination of your content people and your design people and your project management people all in the room. And on our side, we had our stakeholders, I guess, if we are. That's what we were in the room. And then you guys did an excellent job of collaborating and kind of pivoting as we went through the conversation and tried to figure out from the great designs you guys produced and talking through the content, how it would kind of all work together. Mm-hmm. The thing I loved the most about the session yesterday was just that I felt like there was so much ideation. We were able to like think through and kind of collaborate on different ideas and how would this work? And could we do it this way? And would it work on mobile or not mobile? or you know. And just from our experience of building websites and building you know applications, and we know kind of the responsiveness of what we would like and don't like on mobile, we were able to add to kind of help maybe lead some of the design in a way that maybe will work best for us in the long run.
2: Yeah. So one of the things that was, you know, we did this huge four day, 96 hour hackathon that really changed how we attack projects because we were able to get eight people, nine people in a room and really look at all of the issues that we needed to tackle and, and kind of divide those up, you know, by our teams, uh, different little segments. And when we left that project, when we finally got our end project of the website done. I think we left it with a lot of ways to improve. And so we wanted to go into this working session with you guys and take a lot of those lessons and, and really apply them to that. So what we did, this working session was a, a really fun thing for us to do, honestly. <laughs> we walked in with the presentation of our brand voice, uh, your, your a mood board to kind of show what your brand aesthetic would be, as well as wireframes and concepts. Uh, for, well, a wireframes for two different concepts of the homepage and the case study. And From there, we basically, we sat down and we talked about all the different things that you liked, things that you didn't like. I remember in like the first five minutes of presenting the wireframes, I immediately knew what I was about to show you was wrong based (laughs) on the comments that you guys were telling me because we had focused a lot on telling a case study in a very unique and uh, focused way. And we realized very quickly that like, "Eh, that really wasn't what you were targeting. So there was like a little bit of panic in my my eyes. I was trying to hide it. You
0: handled it well. (laughs) Thank you.
2: But then when we pivoted to that second concept, I think we really got closer sense of what you were looking for. So let's talk a little bit about that that collaboration. Do you feel like that give and take was well-received? Do you feel like you actually were heard? And do you feel like we implemented basically on that?
1: Yes. I mean, I think that the, as you said, the the first concepts were on brand and good, but our... Challenges in our position are different than a lot of challenges you'll see from a lot of people. And when I say that, KPOC Digital is a mobile experience, you know, application experience company. We develop these mobile application experiences. Those are mobile apps and those are mobile web. And we need our website to reflect the things that we teach our clients. Sure. And so as a result, the content and the the way things are presented, uh, very mobile friendly, but also difficult in some ways, you know, um, because the traditional websites are definitely very different from how we wanted to do things. And so I think that you guys, you know, Walk West pivoted in a way that was, is incredible by listening to us and saying, these needs are different. We're going to design a, a system that caters to this company's needs. And we're going to figure out how to take all the things we've learned about how to apply content and aesthetics and and simplicity and clean design into what they need and that's tough to do and i think you guys did a great job in a, a 30 45 minute sort of time frame like to to pivot that well and i think those collaborative sessions give you that you know if if you had come in with just the two things and you had built those more fully out it would have been disappointing because we wouldn't have had the opportunity to say yeah, we really need to move a little bit in this direction. And I view that as a we moved in a little bit of a different direction, not that we ripped it all up and and shredded it, you know, and it was really well done from that perspective.
0: I thought having everybody there too and kind of present allowed us to kind of take the things that we wanted to push on to try to challenge you guys a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you guys were able to kind of take your knowledge and your background and like pivot and kind of, you know, redesign. I mean, that you guys were designing on the fly and kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, building things as we were going as well as sketching and everything else, but it helped us all kind of sit down and see something and go, oh, not quite right. What if we tried this way? You know, mm-hmm. and it was it was just a great opportunity for us to kind of all sit down together and kind of say, oh, we see it like this on this website or this on this website, and threw things up on the board and tried to find a different way to kind of approach things. I know what we're asking isn't simple, but you know, but it's, and, but I think the beauty of what you guys have presented is you heard we needed something clean and, and very on brand, but then we want to add all these elements to it. And you get the elements are the crazy part. And you guys have found a great way to keep our brand in that as well as adding those elements.
2: Well, the truth is if it were a simple project, we wouldn't be excited about it. You know, that's that's (laughs) the fun stuff. We get to do unique things. And that's what really draws me to the project because I feel like, okay, first of all, I get really nervous presenting to people who know what they're doing and know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So like presenting to people who have designed and develop apps, it was like a little Mm nerve-wracking. But to actually... Be able to go into that room and talk to you guys and, and bounce ideas off of you and then have our team kind of working on those deals, uh, all, all those ideas simultaneously. It was just fun. I just I just really had a good yeah, time doing that. So I really appreciate you guys being receptive to everything that we tried and uh, not panicking off the first concept that that we showed you
1: no it, it, it's really funny because we put ourselves in the opposite shoes that we normally are in mm-hmm. which we normally are the ones having to do the presenting right Or and panicking, or, 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 or leading <laughs> and, panicking. Uh, and in this case it was a oh it, we, you know and i think that also helps us because we understand the the challenges and we're or we were prepared to to do the pivoting because we know that the pivoting is important mm-hmm. so as you said we are people that know how to do a very similar space, you know, set of designs and stuff. But we also understand the importance of iterating on those designs. And so our iterations is what makes the best thing. And we go into everything with the mindset that this isn't the done product until it's a done product. Yeah. We got to iterate on it. And we do that aligned to design and UX and user experience. But we also do that aligned to business goals. We know that when our clients give us a business goal and we're trying to help them meet that, that we may not meet that the first try, and we may need to do a modification, make some changes, do different things, try different things, A/B test whatever it is, to get to the point where we can actually meet their business goal. And I think that there is value in that. One of our uh, past colleagues used to always say that he likes to present three designs, and and he kind of always. Calls them the Goldilocks designs, where, where you know, look, you know, you're looking for something that's too hot, something that's too cold, and then you're looking for that middle porridge that Goldilocks is going to like, right? That's just right. Like and that. and so he always likes to present three things, and I, and we we try to do you know that several times. It was a good learning lesson from from his perspective about how to do that. So, is that
2: what you guys did with Coca-Cola when you said that you had three prototypes?
1: No, those actually were three ways of doing the actual or solving the problem the biggest challenge there was the coca-cola freestyle machines the majority of the ones you see that have over fifty thousand of them in the market are about they're not even as powerful as the iphone one wow so the iphone one is more powerful that, that than was those like
0: things. a palm right it's a it's a blackberry it's,
1: it's like blackberry. it's like a blackberry 8830 i think is what they always <laughs> said it was so it's it's like an older step so we were trying to solve a technical problem which was like, like, not only do we have a new user interface and something that works really well, we had a whole new technology stack because the old one was built on Windows, the new one's built on Linux. So we, we had to completely switch technology stacks and we needed it to perform on this really old hardware. And so we had to try several different ways of trying to figure out how to make that thing work correctly. So the goal of that project was to get this new stack running and get it you know, working as well. But then... Had that same code base across the eight different models of freestyle machines they have, and, and
0: the crazy part of that whole thing was you're you're meeting user expectations. That the the problem that Coke had on that was that the old application was very slow. So I don't know if you remember, but if you ever went to the application prior to April and you tapped on a soda and it would take a while to load the screen and then you tap on something else and people now want stuff immediately right so i mean it's partially understanding and trying to meet those expectations especially on the old hardware and
1: i and mean it's it, you know not to get us wrong it's still slow because it's the blackberry 8830 yeah yeah, but mm-hmm. it's you know slow, it, it's, but it's faster we had to be faster than the current machine <laughs> yeah. which was a tough thing like to to meet the goal the interface had to be faster than the current interface right and you remember those old in the old interface if anybody's looking at it they had these big bubbles that said fruit flavored and sugar-free and it. all flavors you'd hit those and then you would go into all the flavors we actually now change it so all the flavors are accessible um, and there's filters along the bottom it's a little different of an interface but there's also some other changes in there the animation when you pour a drink and everything had to be done And it had to be done on a really slow system. So we had to figure out ways to do animation. So those three prototypes also tried different things like how are you going to animate the bubbles coming down? When you go to Fanta and you change from orange to cherry, how do you change the drink from orange to red yeah. and that seems easy until you remember it's a blackberry 80 30. <laughs> i mean it's it's old and it, you know with very little memory gigabyte is not a word in that system <laughs> and so when we talk about even memory and stuff it, it's crazy and so it was an, it was a fun problem to solve we really enjoyed that project the Coke freestyle team is just a really cool team inside of coca-cola and we you know it was a great client project and i'm sure that if when, the next big technical challenge they have they're If they call us again, is what they tell
2: us. So, (laughs) one of the very cool things I like about your work culture is it's very balanced, and you guys love foosball, love foosball. So I got to partake in a game yesterday with a a few of few of the K-pop K-pockers. Do you have a a (laughs) nickname?
1: Uh, We definitely aren't aren't (laughs) K-pockers.
2: Yeah, it was it was great, really fun. And man, those guys are good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Chris Chris went into it saying, "You know, I was I was second in my old company you know, and the rankings. Yeah. And it wasn't. And, and, uh, and then we're like, oh, yeah, our guys play five times a day. So <laughs> good luck.
2: I had to shake the rust. You know, the first game was really rough. Like, I'm pretty sure I was playing with Vic. And he scored, <laughs> I think, all four of our goals in that game. And uh, the second one, I got a couple. I got I got my feet under me. I got my, my pegs under me, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. No, but I like that. I think having something like that as part of your culture, it always, I mean, it just makes it an attractive place to work. It makes you guys an attractive place to work with. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. What, what, next what,
0: time you have to bring your partner. Oh yeah, from Walk West.
2: Well, I, I think I am gonna have to convince Brian to <laughs> get us a foosball table so we can practice. So you can practice before yeah. you come over next yeah. time. Okay, gotta get my skills up.
0: You a couple <laughs> <of> weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: What's the fun thing? Is one of the things we talked about afterward is that there is a of several of the guys you played against. Mm. Never uh, like Simon is one of our our, mm. our guys that you played against. And he never played prior to joining us. He hasn't been with us almost. It's almost two years, but he wow. de- he never played foosball before that. And so in two years, he's gotten that good. That's <laughs> um, awesome. And it's it, and it's fun to watch because uh, I pretty much I'm the worst in the company. Um, well,
0: <laughs> present <laughs> company excluded, um,
1: of the people that are in Raleigh, yes. I'm one of the worst people in the in the in the company. But but every every time we had a new employee. I'm not the worst. And then I become the worst. I was
2: going to say, how long does that last?
1: Yeah. It, it lasts. I, I get a good, like, you know, two months of where I'm not the worst. And I'm like, ah, there's somebody worse than me. And then all of a sudden.
0: Except when we had a pick.
1: Yeah. Mm. I didn't yeah. know. Why I no, no. Well, he had played before.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, I like that you guys had like a real professional foosball table. You can have like a ladder there, so you could have like a an audience look in. It was great. That's my spot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when well, we actually are working on uh, some IoT with cameras above it, I don't know if you noticed, but there was oh, is that the, what you Yeah, cool. yeah. The, the idea really is that we we hope to live stream our our you know like Twitch stream our uh, our foosball games. That's awesome. So uh you know, soon you'll be able to subscribe to our twitch uh f- foosball stream <laughs> every time we you know that you know, we start a game the idea is to push a button and then we start twitch streaming immediately the oh, that's game.
2: cool so are you going to try to connect the table up so it'll do like the automatic scoring and everything
1: you know we did that in the past but it was with a table that wasn't as nice and uh we we use tornado foosball tables mm-hmm. and there's something about you just don't want to even mess up the table because it's yeah. a professional Great table, so there's, you know. I think I think that we're all saying, yeah, or maybe we'll even do some motion capture and be able to tell a score based on you know sounds. Because when you get that nice you know like clack that 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 the back yeah. thing hits, maybe that's when. A score registers or goal registers.
2: So I really want, I really want advanced analytics of your foosball table. I want to know how each player scores from each different position on the peg. I want to know like (laughs) goals per shot. Like we can build out some robust statistics. Uh, Oh
1: yeah, we we've talked about it in the past about putting lasers in between every row so you can actually do that. That's what you need to do. You actually have to create a essentially a grid of like sensors throughout the thing so you can actually determine who hit the ball that that went in and what was the velocity of the hit and all right well yeah. after
2: we do the, the website we're gonna we're gonna work with maybe, we
1: should, maybe we should do a weekend
0: session i'm in like, like- th- this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. a weekend yeah. working session with you guys we can do a collaboration with you guys on it I love it.
2: hackathon on a foosball table i'm in yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun so how did that decision come about where you guys decided like you know what we should we should work together we should start a parents said
0: together. we shouldn't <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is true yeah i mean like our our parents are our spouses, spouses did not want us to work together. Really? You know, so it, it goes back to uh, years before we worked together. Crystal has a real cool career story. If I don't know if you want to share that. But I got to help her. I'll even say mentor in, in air quotes. In, my little in, brother. In, my brother. <laughs> in technology because she was in a non-technical yeah. career but saw a need in her company for technology. And I got to help and teach and direct her a little bit on how how she could start to do stuff and she's self-educated for, you know it's like oh I mean when I say help him I like here's a book and she read it and learned um so don't don't I had no very little to do beyond that but I was at IBM and she was at a company a big company named Cardis which is the world's largest relocation company and you know she started doing more technology. I was already doing technology. And so it was at that point when we were doing, we were working well together. I was helping her that I think it it started to make sense that one day we might be able to do something together. And then about seven years ago now, we started talking about it for real because we had a real significant problem in in the business that I had just started doing this uh, same sort of custom application development. You talk about lessons learned. Uh, Our problem was, we were doing a poor job of understanding and gathering business goals and requirements. We didn't understand how to do that well. But that's something that Crystal, by her nature, is just extraordinary at. We needed help, and she was the best person for it. And that's when we started working together. It would have been uh, January of 2013. And then Kapok was started in July of 2016. Uh, th- there was several years where she worked for me. And now you know we're partners, which is even better. Because a lot, a lot of that controversy that happens when you're when you have a hierarchy is where there's potentially more problems. But you know, as partners, you know we can go and tackle things together, which is great.
2: Win-win scenario.
0: Yeah, it was. It was great.
1: Yeah, and so and, our,
0: and our parents and our spouses are more comfortable with it now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about it, we've almost done it seven years, and yeah. and it's good. You know, it, one of the things it is is Crystal lives in Connecticut. And, of course, I'm in Raleigh, and so uh, I have four kids, and she gets to see the kids a lot more. Uh, and, and in the past seven years, she's got to see her nieces and nephew uh, way more than she would have ever have. So it's been good. That's great.
0: That's part of the whole family thing. We you know from our, from our culture is that family is first, and so, yeah. you know, for our employees and for... Us was so important, you know, and we treat our everybody like a big family. So
1: absolutely, I mean, like we, you know, my wife has watched, you know, other partners' uh, kids when when there's stuff, and when you know we take care of each other as a family. So uh, what you see in you know our relationship as, as siblings, we also treat many of our uh, partners as the same way. We are all of our partners are the same way. We, we're very close knit, uh, know all their children care about them at each other's birthday parties, at each other's sides whenever they need help. And that's the personal dedication to each other carries over to all the employees that we've hired, even people we didn't know. Some of the employees we've known for years, like Vic that that Crystal mentioned, but other employees, they're new to us and we didn't know them. And they find themselves in an environment where they're supported and they, they consistently say, I feel like if I need something, you guys are there that could be a truck to borrow a helping hand doing something or that can be a you know a sick kid or just caring for them you know that one of our employees his wife got hit by a drunk driver and flipped her car into a ditch and you know we immediately come to help any way we can around them and that and that's an important key to just who we are as a business we care a lot about people and one of my philosophies, and this kind of bled up through, I would say it's our philosophy now, is that um, it's really easy to leave a job; it's really tough to leave your friends and family. And we build our business like it's our friends and family.
2: Thank you to Eric and Crystal for joining us. Find out more about this great team at KpopDigital.com. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and please rate and review us. Plus, you can follow West on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on the Talk West Podcast.